Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's great to have you with us, as well as a returning guest to our program. It's always uh, a pleasure to have folks who have been on the program before to uh, to talk to us more about the work that they are doing. And today is no exception. Today we have uh, Dr. Paul L. Hanna with us here on the program. He's a master healer teacher. Um, and and I could go through the entire uh, uh, listing here of all of his accomplishments, all of the things that he's done and learned, but then we'd have to wrap the program up because the show would be over. But we're going to let him share with us. And welcome back, Paul. It's great to have you with us. No, it's, it's a pleasure. With much gratitude for for asking me to come back. I'm very happy to be here. Well, you you study in a an uh, an area and a region that I find fascinating. Primarily because um, the the healing arts, shall we say, uh, yes. from, and I'm never sure exactly what term to use, from the Orient, from Asia, <laughs> from China, from that part of the world that's 5,000 years old, uh, and then some. I would say there it's, was, yeah. it's also Africa in India. That all, all those countries there, they all have mm-hmm. a degree of healing that uh, can enhance the allopathic method of healing. So well, I like. Yeah, there's no FDA though. There, there, there's no ruling body that says, uh, "Yeah, we approve this." No, we don't approve this, because the people who were practicing these healing arts in all of these different areas that you're talking about, they just knew that they knew that it worked because it did. It does. It still does. It works, and so forth. That that. It's not that kind of control like we have here. Uh, Sometimes the control also limits the ability to really heal in a holistic fashion, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have so many specialists, uh, cardiologists, nephrologists, hematologists, oncologists. They all specialize. It all kind of like separate the body. And I, what I like about the ancient, I call it ancient healing, that's include all of them, it's holistic. Your whole person. Mr. Dugan is a whole person. It's not someone to send his eyes or his ears, his heart, the complete being. So if you really want to do a complete diagnostic, look at the whole person, listen to the whole person, listen and sin, including this very powerful in terms of realigning people back to their radiant hole called healing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and that I think is kind of where we're going to start. I happen to be a Reiki master. Yes. And in my teachings, in the in the lessons that uh, that I took along with my wife, they taught us uh, primarily that when you are accessing this healing energy, and you are sending it uh, through yourself as a conduit, it's not your energy; it's the energy of the universe, shall we say? Um, you you send it whether it be directly to the person who is in front of you or absentee as they as they teach us you do not put any intention on it other than uh that it be used for that individual or situation's highest good that the universe you know uh determines so to speak and so you you basically are uh using this I'll call it a tool um and allowing the individual in the universe to determine how it will be used. And I had a firsthand experience of this, sending an absentee healing to my uncle, 
my father's brother, and he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Now, we didn't send it to him to heal him to, to get rid of the cancer. We sent it to him to use as he saw fit. And he used it, uh, went to have a, a time of closure with his son, and then shortly thereafter, he passed. Now, I was shared this story by my mother after at the funeral, as a matter of fact, or shortly thereafter. And so that gets us into the area of discussing the subject of what is healing, because healing to some is getting rid of the dis-ease, or in his case, you know, uh, getting the cancer to go away, to go into remission and disappear. But that didn't happen. And I don't feel, and I didn't then, I don't now feel badly because, oh my God, he died and it didn't work. But it did because he was able to do some things that he wanted to do with with the energy that uh, that he uh, that he had left. So talk to us about what real what, what the, the the definition of healing really is, or maybe that's the wrong word. I think it's the that word is a little bit different. Uh, let's go back a little bit uh, in regards to I call it realignment and that realignment is coming back to that radiant hold. So each person, remember, every you know, every soul have two things, free will and choice. I don't know the previous energy from the previous life, what let's say your uncle had. Mm -hmm. And so if that, that's why we don't send things directly to the person because we don't want to try to like make this happen. They have a free will mm -hmm. to accept it from the universe or from whoever. So once you can purify yourself to that point, get out of your ego to say, like, I'm a conduit for transmitting this pure energy that has the ability to bring you back to resolving the cancer. We know that. But that might not be the intentionality of the person receiving that. You understand? So mm -hmm. they must come to a point of peace within themselves. That peace might be healing for them. That, that underlying peace. Do you have peace? But we're looking out for what about do they resolve the cancer? Do they resolve the tumor, whatever it is? That is our definition. Is it their definition? Some people do have that definition, therefore the, the cancer does resolve. For them, that is that. So, but I'm saying bring it back to your radiant hole where you are personally is a form for healing a real lamp that I call it for me. That's mm -hmm. what I call it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, it, what's interesting too is is that many people, more, more and more people are beginning to understand that. And uh, I think of that in terms of uh, my my late father, who just recently passed. He was 91 years old, and a year ago, uh, at this time, uh, I lost my. He lost his eldest daughter, my eldest sister, mm -hmm. and um, he wasn't the same. And he basically would tell my mother, "I don't want to be here. I really don't." Now, my father was very healthy, even though he had low vision, a low hearing. And he had a little trouble walking. But other than that, you know, his metabolism, he was doing great, you know. And so she jokingly said, OK, so what are you going to die of? Well, what apparently eventually took his life or what he used, if you will, to transition. And that's an interesting way of looking at it, I guess, uh, is that uh, in the last days of his life, he was diagnosed with uh, Parkinson's and dementia. Mm hmm. And then uh, what was so beautiful was that my parent, my mother and uh, relative, some of the other relatives, sister and so forth, they sat around his bed 
sitting down in chairs, singing to him all kinds of different songs. Uh And um, as my mother put it, and I love this, they sang him up to heaven. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And now he's free. And now he's with my eldest daughter. Now uh, my eldest sister, I should say. And what's interesting is that, of course, I know that soul as my father. Um, and I, you know, I had some tears over his, his departure, sure, certainly. But at the same time, I also recognize that um, he had a mission. He had yeah. his, what he was here to do. And he brought into this world six other mm-hmm. souls who basically were, uh, uh, have, have accomplished so much that he was very proud of and told us very, very often of that. Do you think that people, when they are in that place of dis-ease, discomfort, and so forth, and they're looking for healing, they come to you and so forth, um, they lose sight of that, that just by being here, you're making a difference by your energy and so forth, because each one of us has that. Can you share with us a little bit about that, especially from the context of your being a universal, as they say, door opener? <laughs> yes. I, I think that uh what I talked about on the other shows in regards that we all came here for a purpose. Uh let's say you selected your father and your mother to be a con to bring you down to get your earthly lessons, and you're supposed to learn something and teach something from there. We all have our mission, we all have a thumbprint. The, out of the eight billion people, no one has Mr. Duke and thumbprint except him. So you have a special mission, a special gift to show this earth. And sometimes when we become aware of that. Uh, some people say I did mine already, and I'm said I'm ready to go. And so some people, that's what happens. So I talk about that quite frequently in my office as well. Some people come in with traumatic loss. Someone got a gunshot wound. Someone died. Someone is accident. So to get them to understand that the soul is here, you had a short term to learn. What did you learn from it? There was that contract. They went out. What did you learn from this person? What you learned from that person. Is it going to help you become a better person, shine more light on this earth right now? In regards to your father, it seemed like he did do that. He said, listen, I don't did this. I don't, they here, my son here, my daughter's here. They can shine more light. I don't did my part. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So the question is, each person I help with that, they come to peace with that reality is, what are you doing while you're here in the present? What are you doing in the present? Mm-hmm. When you wake up in the morning, the universe wake you up. The divine breath, which are the divine breath. I like to know what are you thinking? Are you thinking about being present, vibrating your divine light? Are you thinking about on the ego side worries this and that? Make a make a choice. If you get off into worry this and that, you call it some dis-ease, as they call it. You cause it stagnation, inflammation, and you cause you call it dis-ease. You have a choice in your breath and your thought as to what you're gonna do each day. And when you do that, you're taking total control as how you want to project yourself. So I encourage people to be present. I encourage people to look at why are you here? What's your purpose? How are you expanding you? How are you expanding the universe? And when you do that, when people go to transition, if they when they go to transition, are you up to date with them? Why are you up to date with them? A lot of times when you go to when I see people at funerals, they're hollering and crying. I say, what is it? Is it about you? Is it about them? What you didn't do, you could have done. Are you what up to date? So when I deal with grief with that, because people come with heart problems, a lot of it was grief. 
They are in pain because they didn't do what they could have. Now the person is in the, in the spirit world, and they're crying over that. It's a crime because what you didn't do, you got to forgive yourself and move forward to the nowness. Be present, live love, live light, so you can help move forward. Well, you know, um, the, the, the thing that I love about this is that uh, for myself, and I like to share this with others, and I know you you as well as a, a, a healer, a, a living life, a living life teacher, not the fact that you are living, but though you are living your life, but you are wanting people to live their lives. And that's what you teach as well, as well as a, a universal laws practitioner, holistic healer, spiritual Qigong master. Yeah, uh, I mean you, and then of course you are also a toxic energy healer, uh, yes. which is which is rather interesting. Where there's so many different uh, different uh, uh, you know uh, 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 terminologies that one can one can use, and um, so I I just um, uh, marvel at what I've learned in that first of all, when it comes to our healing, our health, our wellness, yes. Whatever condition we are challenged with, it's temporary. Case in point for myself. Yes. Uh, three years ago, almost three years ago, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Uh -huh. I beat it in a month and a half. Uh, I, I, now, it's not that I've forgotten. I still have the tester. Yes, I still use the one that you prick your finger. And I don't, it doesn't bother me. It's no big deal. You know, I'm not going to lose gallons of blood here. But um, I still monitor it just because I want to make sure that I'm maintaining. And, of course, I haven't had a soda since uh, July of 2020 and, um, and so forth and so on. Now, I'm still dealing with this whole issue of high blood pressure. But then I have to wonder sometimes, well, maybe because I'm an individual, uh, Doc, maybe that's where mine, that's where mine is. That's where mine resides because we're all different. You know, mine isn't supposed to be 120 over 80 all the time. You know, <laughs> um, what about that in terms of, yes, we have the general statistics, um, but then we have the individual actual numbers, shall we say, whether it's blood pressure, whether it's blood sugar, whatever the, whatever it is you're testing. How do you, how do you address uh, the individual, do you do you kind of push aside this whole conversation of, well, uh, in general, according to the statistics uh, and so forth and so on? Yes. Uh, let me go back to something you said earlier in regards to treating the toxic energy. Yes. The best thing that what I deal with in regards to that is the most powerful of medicine I call is love. So love neutralizes and transforms all toxicity. So I get people to. You talked about how you like to love yourself. You said you were diagnosed with type 2 diet. You said, mm -hmm. okay, what's the motivation for Mr. Dukin having that discipline? What gave him the desire to do what's necessary? Because so many of my patients come in, they have type 2. They have the, <laughs> and uh, they also have high blood pressure. Uh, they don't have the desire or the discipline to be consistent to bring it down. So, you must tell yourself you need to design discipline and like yourself to be able to work within the universal laws to make it manifest back to a range of health for you. Now, talking about in regards to do I look at levels, the average allopathic physician look at levels. I do not. I look at levels, but I also look at individuals. A patient came in yesterday in my office, and I read in her face, I know she had a thyroid problem, not a thyroid disease, 
she had features or tendency of hypothyroidism. She's cold, she's weak. And I said, wow. And but the, her regular physician said a T3 was a normal. That's how you measure the that mean like the uh, thyroid T3, T4, TSH. Hers mm -hmm. was normal. I don't believe it normal. I don't believe it normal. Mm -hmm. I believe in I believe in optimal. Let's say the range is like 2.5 to 4, but she's a low number is two or three. I said, you know, maybe she should be what four. Maybe she might almost be at five, then you feel normal. Because that, that five might be out of range of the norm, but it's good for you. So you, what you're talking about, individualized treatment. I do believe in individualized treatment versus this is normal. Mm -hmm. Every person is different. As I said earlier, everyone have a different thumbprint. You got to be able to read the energy of their person, look at what's going on for them. If and they teach you in medical school, if you really, really listen to the patient, they can tell you what's wrong. Don't look at this level. Listen to the patient. Listen with your physical ear. Listen with your heart. Listen to them. They can diagnose themselves if you really listen. So I believe in optimal, which means it goes beyond the normal range because it's not a normal thing. It's an individualized thing. That's mm -hmm. what I do. Yeah, it's individualized. And we all came here to individualize to our unique self. So yeah. everyone, once you individualize, you can harmonize. Most people does not never individualize. So therefore, they're always conforming to something outside of them. To they, they raise their family, whatever. But that doesn't mean that it matches you. Who are you? Who are you, Hannah? Who are you, Dugan? Who mm -hmm. are you? What are you? And so, and whatever my, I am a cosmic agent. I'm, I'm, I'm source. But within source, I know I'm different, but I get connected to everything out there. And my, I'm motivated by love. But you got to individualize to who you are. When every person individualizes and utilizes their gift, we have something. We have a flow. You know, I have mm -hmm. this thing called shine, glow, flow. Uh, shine like the sun, glow like the moon, and flow like water. It's a nice rhythm and rhyme, but really it's universal laws. Mr. Duke, when everybody has the courage to have sunshine love, then there's no ism, sex and race and political, it's gone because the sun shines on everybody regardless. Everybody gets yeah. sun. Everybody get love. There's no difficult we came from the same source. When you can glow like the moon, you say, well, oh, I'm a doctor, so what? So what? I'm a lawyer, so what? Those are intellectual problems. It's fantastic. But unless you balance your emotional, mental, spiritual, physical body, you're not balanced yet. So when you balance all those bodies, you can glow like the moon. Being mm -hmm. like water, water by nature, and by nature, everything moves forward, not backwards. Everything grows by nature. So when yeah. you can float, when you float and you're moving forward, you don't have no resentment, you don't have no kinks, you flow around it with love. And water's flowing down. Water can purify, amplify, unify. So shine and flow go is a very powerful thing for people to incorporate into your subconscious mind. Let it direct them. When you wake up in the morning, you say, you know what? I was waking by the divine breath here. I have breath. What am I going to think about? Am I going to shine and go flow? Am I going to get up some, some attitudes or something? Attitudes, <laughs> we like, call the stagnation. So I'm saying to you, we all have free choice and a free will. Yeah. So the, the big thing is to individualize to your uniqueness. We are all beautiful, strong people. Just look at you. You have your own thumbprint. You have beauty. You have strength. You have a gift. What is it? How are you using it? Are you used to be like someone else? Or are you being yourself for the greater good? Yeah. 
We're talking with Dr. Paul Hanna, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's a pleasure to have you with us again, Dr. Hanna, uh, talking about all of these different aspects of health. And in terms of this aspect of normal versus optimal, mm -hmm. and I really, I love that. I think that's that's a wonderful distinction. Uh, that's what I want is uh, my optimal health, not normal health. Uh, my father will live to be 91. I'm 63. Uh, I hope that I can outlive him. I, I made a promise back in 1995. We were at the re, uh, family reunion and also the birthday celebration of, uh, of my uh, then great-grandmother, who uh, I stand corrected. I think it was earlier than that, but she was 95. And I said, I'm going to outlive her, but she's making it really hard. <laughs> and she lived to be 100. Well, I want to live to be at least, but I want to go beyond that. And I want to continue doing what I am doing and maybe something more. So I, I that's one of the things that I found so fascinating with my physician when he, he told me this news. And I, I was a little bummed out there for about 30 minutes. And he's telling me all this stuff. And, oh, Richard, it's going to be a long, hard road, Richard. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. Tells me this story of one guy who had uh, had uh, the same condition uh, and uh, took him six months to get his blood sugar under control and so forth. And I'm sitting there. Once I get past that little bummed out phase, I'm going, uh, no, it's not going to take me that long. No, it's not going to be a long, hard road because I know how I got here. And Fantastic. it was... It was shortly after, you know, we shut down the country due to the uh, the virus that was spreading. And of course, what did everybody turn to, including my wife and I? Comfort foods. Well, what's in comfort foods? Sugars <laughs> and carbs, which turn into sugars. And yeah. so, uh, number one, sodas off the table. Haven't had one since. Uh, I found an alternative. And then I was, as I said before, I'm monitoring and so forth. And month and a half later, boom, I'm done. And he had given me this medication, standard medication. I want you to take two of these every day. Uh, we'll see how things go. So I did for about a week and a half and I'm monitoring and it's going down. I'm going to, I'm going down to one because uh, I really don't want to be on this stuff long-term. So I went down to one. My sugar, blood sugar kept going down. All right. So when I went to see him in February, the following year, I'd seen him between those times, but he checked the blood sugar. Oh, looks looks good. Looks good. Uh, why don't you cut it down to one? <laughs> At which point I stopped altogether taking the stuff, right? Blood sugar was still normal. And I saw absolutely no reason to, to and I haven't told him this. I, I haven't told him. Uh, there's no reason for me to, because my health and well-being is none of, I mean, it is his business because that's why I went to him in the first place. But that by the same token, how I take care of myself and again, using the word that you just described, seeking optimal health. Yes. Optimal health. Yes. And that is key. I like two things you just said here, you know. You, the show that means you above the third, above the fourth chakra, because you said, I'm responsible for my health. You said, my health, my happiness, my, my responsibility, you're totally, totally, thousand percent correct. So many people to go to allopathic physician, they are at the third or below chakra. They want people to take care of them, tell them what to do and how to do. You understand? I want to make sure that people understand having a desire to make yourself happy, take responsibility for happiness and your health is, is, is critical. 
optimal health is the key. Everyone is individualized. So when someone come in, they see a blood level that might be low, but you feel great. Don't get out of it because that's for you. Whether it's your blood, if your blood sugar, I mean the medication range, whatever it is, a little bit higher, like for that for thyroid, stay that way if you feel comfortable. No palpitation is good, but take responsibility for your own health. I like people who they invested, who's reaching optimal health. Mm-hmm. That is the key. And yeah. forget about normality. You are individual. What's good for you and how your body body's functioning. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. It, it's it is uh a challenge for a lot of folks because even as a child, you know, uh, I was taught, uh, you know, to trust trust my elders and, of course, doctors. I, I had a an ophthalmologist who did uh, many surgeries on my eyes as a kid, um, uh, dentist, you know, and so forth, uh, dermatologist in my teen years, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, I will say that as far as the dermatologist was concerned, yeah, I used some of the creams, but put me under that ozone light, which was supposed to help. I don't know if it did or not. All I know is... I'm not there anymore, so we, we can we can move on. But but we're taught to trust the medical community. We're taught to trust what they tell us. And I know that there are a lot of folks, especially after this whole virus thing, um, who don't. They just, you know, and for whatever reason, either because they were told not to trust, because they were told that we were lied to about this, that, and the other thing. And I don't know if that's true or not. All I know is... I am responsible for me and the information uh, that that I get with the with the work that you do and the modalities that you utilize. It there isn't really a a library filled with information. It's all within you, right? Totally that, correct. Um, you, you have to realize who you are. You, you have to understand what you represent mm-hmm. in this time in the conscious transformation. Mr. Dugan have a key point at bringing people from the third to the fourth chakra. What do the fourth chakra mean? You are responsible. You got to go inside and trust you. Mm-hmm. Trust you. You are responsible. Trust your instincts. Trust your intuition. We are moving up the ladder in terms of the chakra six feet. So many people for many years made it the third chakra. We trust people outside rather than inside. Trust yourself. And so my book about remembering quality of your soul is about moving inside. Those shows about moving inside to be responsible, be respectful for yourself. And you, you can listen to other people, but never blame, blame people for your action. You make the action. Who ate the food? You ate the food. Did you exercise? Yes or no? You know what you're doing. So learn to be responsible. Learn to like, love, and appreciate yourself. Then you become disciplined do what you need to do. You push away the soda pop. You push away the cake. The nice, you know, I like cheesecake. You push away the cheesecake. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, don't go to New York and get the cheesecake. I say, okay, learn to say no to that, you know. Yeah. But it's just being responsible. Take discipline. But I also take, like, I like myself, so I want to be around to 100 years old. I want to come back to, to living. I think you already live it. Some people live more in 25 years. People live in 50 years in the physical. So being present and living to 100 is fantastic. Living to 100 without being present might be miserable. Be present and enjoy with gratitude every second and living yeah. in that moment. So in that moment, you already live in eternity. But, and I like what you said because we are all based on medical science. 
we are having more centurions now. We get a lot of people all the world living to 100 plus. Yeah. My thing I love, to, yeah, I, I love the stories that, that, that when they're asked. So so how did you how did you learn to live so long? And especially some of the folks, for example, uh, in Russia, where, where they uh, where they uh, go to interview these folks who were 100, 100 plus and so forth. Uh, well, I, I I would drink uh, uh, a, a, a little vodka, have a cigar and uh, and a little little uh, progis. And uh, that's how I stayed. Uh, you know, that's how I lived so long. And and, yeah. and you you sit there and you wonder, but everybody's metabolism is different, and it's not like okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a shot of vodka, uh, a little cigar smoking, and uh, and then have some some Russian food, and I'll live to be a hundred. Yeah, correct? and it might kill you. Correct. I mean, if you talk to centurions, all in like uh, as you say, Russia, Japan, Costa Rica, they all have different stories. But one thing consistent. One thing's consistent with all of those. We had a meeting in Vegas where all the physicians met. Mm -hmm. They take responsibility for their health. As some people call they they select their physician if they feel it can match their energy. That's across all cultures. They have that common knowledge. They have something they just love to do also. Mm -hmm. They love to do something. What do you like to just do that? So there were some commonalities. It uh, doesn't matter what country you was in, that was a common theme. They had their own degree of belief about some higher force as well. So it mm -hmm. wasn't about the drinking or the eating the fruit, this and that. It was something consistent that all people had. And they was in tune with that. Maybe the vodka kept them relaxed. Being relaxed <laughs> is a key state, you know what I'm saying? So when you relax, you don't have to worry about nothing. So you don't stress your body out. We don't know what it is, but people all over the world who centurion, all we know we're developing more in this, even this country, they're living, we're living longer and longer. But I do know being present is one of the aspects of it. Mm -hmm. Being present, who yeah. are, you, are you living that joy? Are you living that gratitude every day? And living gratitude and joyfulness helps you move in a relaxed state in your body. It mm -hmm. helps you reduce to, to produce to endorphins, which is relaxation, internal relaxation. What are you doing that joyful to yourself? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing to help somebody else? Do that make you? How does that make you feel? So it's important to have those things with that divine breath. What are you doing with it? What are you thinking? What are you doing? Do something that enhances you internally as well as the planet. Those things move towards the inner relaxation. It mm. helps you move, increase the vibration, love frequency. And we come back to a universal oneness that's thought mm. that way. Mm -hmm. Dr. Paul Hanna is my guest, and his website is hannasholistichealing.com. I like that. hannasholistichealing.com. <laughs> his book, yeah. by the way, Remembering Qualities of Your Soul, Joyfully Living Your god self and you my friends you are listening to tell me your story i'm richard dugan your host and it is a pleasure to have as a returning guest paul Hanna, who uh is a an md yes he's also an author author of remembering qualities of your soul joyfully living your god self he is a master healer teacher and his website hannah's holistic healing.com is the website one of the aspects, and of course, in the beginning of the program, we we worked to define uh, what is healing, and I think that the word, uh, you know, optimal, as opposed to normal, uh, I think describes mm -hmm. that because, uh, but but even more so, as you also said, in terms of being at peace. Yes, and. One of the things you also said was about uh, our emotional state. Mm 
Okay. And one of the things that I heard not too long ago um, was that it seems as though with, especially in regards to the media, whether it's news or television or movies Mm -hmm. uh, that nine times out of 10, the general premise is an individual who is seeking justice, seeking revenge, seeking retribution. See, in other words, they've been done wrong and they're going to get even. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have that in the real life, in our real world, constantly. Mm -hmm. And I sit there going, uh, uh, and, and what does that serve? I mean, how how is that helping to make this a better place by your seeking to get even? And I'm not saying we shouldn't seek justice where it is it should be and so forth. But there comes a point where, you know, you 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 ask yourself. um, If you're going to make this a better world, how in the world are you going to do that? If you're stuck in, in having that that chip on your shoulder, I mean, whether it is you've been done wrong as an individual or let's say you've been done wrong as a race of people, you you are a black man. And your race of people, if you will, has been done wrong specifically in this country, but around the world. This has been going on for uh, with with everybody, the Irish, the Chinese. I mean, you name one. They've been done wrong somewhere down the road. The Native Americans, whether that be North, Central or Southern South America, they've been done wrong. And I'm not saying that they don't have, let's say, justification for being upset and wanting justice. But doesn't that tend to hold us back from from that peace that that you are talking about in terms of our optimal health and wellness? I think reactivity to the situations of being unjustly done to you can hold you back. I think being responsive to it is different. Reactive is a reactive neurological state can cause your blood, your vessels to constrict, therefore it causes blood pressure problem, cause other problems. I think also the way you look at it is uh, what can I do to move beyond that, that transcend all of this? It's about transcending. It's about a balancing transcendent. So remember quality of soul is always look at that. How did I get here? What am I doing to get out? I eliminate why. I say, what? What am I doing? How can I do it? When am I going to do it, collectively speaking? And then when you start to focus that collective energy of being a divine justice versus human justice, there's a different, there's a different frequency then. And you start moving that, move beyond reactivity to responsive, move to the point that yes, one is with you in God. You also move to the point where there's no one defying you except you. You don't react to what worries people call you because you're given no power to call you a worried. And all of those things, when you become self, and when you individualize, I call it, then you move beyond the reactive state to a, a state of wholeness. You have power, you have focus, you have attention, and you create your own reality beyond all alleged man obstacles. So if you react, you're correct. If you respond, it's different. But so reactivity, I get people to look at how, what can I do? I have divine power within me. Can I focus that power? How am I focus this power? Energy conform to your, your persistent thought. You have a persistent thought which you're feeling and your emotion of you visualize that you, you manifest that. So in your point, I would agree with the reactivity. No, mine I'm saying responsive, you transcend that. Yeah. And like I said before, you know, certainly we could talk about the whole aspect of karma as well. Uh it's okay, so you've had an injustice done unto you. 
let it go. The universe will take care of it. You know, you just have to trust the universe because if you start getting involved and you start reacting, oh, now you're setting up some new karma for yourself individually uh, that you probably could have avoided by just, you know, by letting the universe take it. I, I trust the universe. I, uh, my wife and I, back in 2006, we both lost our jobs. I could have gotten angry and said, Hey, wait a minute, you can't do this. Uh, I've been here for X number of years and you know, I've got the expertise and so forth and, and I want to keep my job and on and on and on. And that may not have been, been where the universe wanted me to be. Maybe it was time for me to move on. And we did to Santa Barbara. I teach that every, every situation, every situation have a, have a dual lesson. The question is, you say, what is the benefit of this lesson? You ask yourself, in a situation, what is the benefit? How could that enhance you? Was it time for you to leave there? And you say, I wasn't ready to leave. I don't have the same thing happen. You come into one day, you, you, you got all praise a bit of MD. Yeah. You say the same thing. We don't need you. And I said, <laughs> we don't need you. I said, wow, that's good. But reality is, uh, if I look at it deeply, I'm very good at that. I was, I was, I was attached. And the question, don't get attached. You also would be invested, be present. Mm. When you invest to be present, you can release because you know that's like when it happened like that, something always better. The universe seems something better for you. Yeah. When, you can, when I developed that attitude, I said, okay, so what's what's my next benefit? And I, it, it happened just like that. Um, that's been my story. You like you get something, I said, what's the benefit of that? You know, the minute you react to that, you get stuck that emotionally. What they did to me, I'm doing this. No, no, no. So what you have to do is create your own future. You create it, which you decide. Which can, that can never happen again. That's that's another lesson. But create it where it can't happen. You have the you have the mind. You have the energy. Create what you desire. Because no one can say, "Well, we don't need you anymore." Mm. <laughs> so uh, I just tell everybody when that happened, there's always another benefit for you, regardless of what it's seen right then and there. Let's find the benefit because, mm. as a matter of fact, at least we live in a dual universe. There's an up. There's a down. There's a so-called bad, and there's a good. So what's the opposite of that? That's the first stage. How can I find that? It got mm -hmm. to be opposite. There got to be something that's positive in this that we can help us move forward. That's yeah. very important. Yes. Dr. Paul Hanna is my guest, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I, I really enjoy these conversations uh, with folks who are uh, in the process of helping others uh, to and I'm going to use your word, uh, the word you've used, to working to optimize their lives so yeah. that they can get on about the business of living out their life's purpose. And yes. Dr. Paul Hanna is living out his life's purpose uh, in this regard as a master healer teacher. And by the way, uh, just so you uh, folks know, his website is hannasholistichealing.com. And of course, Hannah being his last name, Hannah's Holistic Healing.com. We certainly hope that you will also uh, seek out a copy of his book through his website or through Amazon and other sources. Remembering qualities of your soul, uh, joyfully living your soul's, uh, living your God self. Yes. How do you, how do you teach people to find and then uh, uh, live their, joyfully live their, God self. How do you teach people to find that God self? That's a good question, starting because you said two words I want people to remember. 
individualize to optimize. Just remember those two words, individualize to optimize. Now that's something to be before individualize, it's called source. We what's your source? And that source energy is the beginning of you going through your transformation with the ego. So we have, uh, let's say we got two sides, the ego side and the source, source side or soul side, whatever you want to call it. So once we can agree to that, I say, who wakes you? What wakes you in the morning time? We agree that I woke up. There's a breath there. I call it divine breath. No, you also have a faculty that's supposed to separate us from the, all the other things on this planet, our mind. Mm -hmm. What are you what are you thinking? Most people don't really know how to think and focus. So because their mind is very scattered. So since you, your mind is scattered, you get scattered life. So you get up, they get up to that point or realize that they have at least two aspects of themselves, the ego side and the divine side. Mm -hmm. Most, a lot of people are so attracted to the sensation through the media, social media, all about the ego self. And it's very high unless you have some focus. You, you get caught outside. This is the way I use it outside. You're never inside yourself. So you're always trying to keep up, be up, be whatever it is, and you get distracted. So what did I do to help with that is we start with breath. So mm. breath is the key. The most mm. important thing in anybody's life, the most the priority thing is their breath. I don't care. So you can't say your family, your wife, your husband. No, it's not. No, it's not no, no, no. Without breath, you go to spirituality. You're mm. not here. So remember, breath is a key. What's next is your thought. Why that? Because you can transform energy. What energy you want to transform? That's divine energy. Okay. So I started three steps like that. We started going in on those stages like that. And everybody gets stuck at a different stage. One, clarifying what it is. Two is about the breath. I, was, I went to Dubai about three weeks ago. And my patient asked me, well, uh, Dr. Hannah, give me some medication because I have I can't ride the plane, you know. I said, you can't put in the plane. Can you give me a benzodiazepine? I said, no, I'm not giving you a benzodiazepine. I'm not giving you no Xanax, nothing like this. Why not? I'm going to teach you how to breathe. Breath can calm down your nerve, calm you down, so you can learn how to focus your mind. So I taught her some breathing techniques. Mm. And she got back. She said, guess what? It works. I know, but if I gave you a Xanax, if I gave you an Ativan or a Clonopin, anything, you would have been dependent upon that. No one ever, ever died from a panic attack. Even though you think you're having a heart attack, mm -hmm. if you go to the emergency room, they do the blood test, like EKG, they say it's, it's quite normal, but I feel like I'm not no. So you got to get the carbon dioxide out of your body so you feel relaxed. So I teach breath for two reasons, for relaxation, the calmness, then we can, then you get calm. You can like receive another thought. The way the universe made it, without relax, without relaxation, there's no, you can't receive nothing. Even in, 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 in like you plant some, I don't know, you have gardens out there, you have, you want to plant a seed, you got to relax the seed, the mm -hmm. earth, for you mm -hmm. to plant the seed. And also the same thing, the sperm in the air, it's got to be a relaxation and penetration. But you want knowledge, you must have a relaxed mind to receive so I can plant something. So the first stage is relaxation of your mind to receive. And receiving doesn't just mean intellectual receive, that's head receive. I want a heart receive. The heart is open 
to receive. The head can analyze it. Why does why this feel of this? Can I get someone to re relax and penetrate their heart with a, with a, with the essence of their call of their soul? Then we can talk deeper. Mm. So the first stage is to realize that's two. Number one, breath is breath is priority, mm -hmm. and what you go think about. And once one can like visualize their own self, and then they can now uh, emotionalize mm -hmm. it, then they can match, they can live that way. But those are the first two steps that I teach people. We're talking with Dr. Paul Hanna, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for staying with us here on the program. If you are looking at the YouTube video, you're going to notice that uh, I may have changed shirts halfway through this interview. Well, there's a good reason for that. This is, uh, we'll call it a two-parter from the standpoint that uh, uh, Dr. Paul Hanna and I have uh, been uh, challenged by schedules and so forth. Uh, and uh, I, I have to tell you, folks, that you need to touch base with this gentleman, uh, one of the most patient individuals that I have <laughs> had the pleasure of interviewing. And I thank you for being back with us here on the program. I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, this aspect of um, the, the the this aspect of, of what we are going through and what you and I have just been through, which is for me, it's unusual. I I. I'm usually very punctual and I'm also very uh, uh, attentive uh, to schedules and so forth. But for whatever reason, and I've always believed this, Dr. Hanna, that when there's a challenge facing me in regards to getting an interview, not only scheduled, but even finished in this case, uh -huh. that just means that this latter portion is going to be really, really good. Talk to us about why it's important for us to maintain a, a semblance of balance and equanimity, so to speak, within ourselves even when this stuff, I mean, I could have gotten really, fr not freaked out, <laughs> but I could have gotten very anxious, uh, maybe even gotten into a car accident, just getting to the radio station if I tried to rush it, which I also find interesting, too. The universe tends to put that out there. But talk to us about why that's important to to find a way to maintain that level of equilibrium. I think it's always, always, always to it's important to have balance. And the balances become more stable. More stable, we more have more clarity. And sometimes when we're rushing through things, we blunder. Rushing, what is behind the rush? What what part of your rush is your ego part or your divine part? You don't have to be in a rush with the divine aspect of you. Ego, we get up to that. I got to be that. I got to do this. And you're right. You could have been in a car accident. But being patient, being balanced. In any opposition, you look at it with, look at that with gratitude. With the gratitude, you say, "Well, what comes out of it? you and I prove two things: one, we are patient; we're also very flexible. And flexibility is another thing, meaning that you're alive. Anything that's dead is rigid. So we had flexibility, we had patience, we had all of that. We also maintained being calm. So all of this to manifest right now. And this nowness, who are we listening right now? We can talk about taking those pearls. I don't have to rush when the divine." I don't have to be in that red race. I can maintain my balance. I can maintain my clarity. I can maintain my flexibility, which is all important. So I encourage people when they're dealing with, when I say shine, glow, flow, to glow, you have to align your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual body. If not, you get out of whack. You get onto your ego mind rather than another mind. So all your minds, all your bodies must be aligned to bring your balance. So here we're talking about balance. 
Here we're talking about flexibility. Here we're talking about just knowing it's all going to be okay. And it is right now. Yeah. I want to ask you about, uh, you're a, a, a Qigong master. Are there any basic, uh, simple movements that you can share with us? Let's say I'm sitting at a red light and I'm going, come on, come on, come on. And, and just want, <laughs> and got to move, got to move. And I really, I know better. I mean, it's the intellect that's going, hey, knock it off. But the emotions are still going, come on, come on, come on. Is there anything within that practice, that uh, that teaching that you can share with us that maybe we could use, let's just say, at that red light? Yes. You sit in there in a physical form because of your breath. Without breath, you go to the spirit well. So I use breath to help regulate your emotions, to regulate your breathing. So let's say you're at the uh, red light, at stoplight, whatever you call it there. How long can you hold your breath? Hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe 30 seconds at the most. That's good. Then exhale out for 30, 35 seconds. Then do it again. Inhale. Hold it. Exhale. It's always shift that because the more the carbon dioxide build up, the more anxious and frustrated you become. So if you hold your breath, then exhale, a lot of the carbon dioxide goes up, you get more oxygen to your brain. That can calm hmm. you down. You say, just hold your breath. I teach that for a lot of people, they want to travel overseas, like France, Dubai, whoever it might be. They're afraid. They want, they, they want me to give them some benzodiazepine, be it Ativan, Zadex. And I say, that won't happen with me. Mm -hmm. I will not give you some Ativan or Xanax or Clonopin, those kind of medications right now, because I can teach you breathing. Mm -hmm. So I, I teach that in those kind of situations with panic attacks, stoplights, or whatever it is, how to use your breath. Most people don't know how to use their, they, 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 should I call it dantan, their lower, their lower belly. And when you breathe from the dantan, your breath goes down, you hold it. And when you inhale, it's like it goes like, like a balloon. And hold it there as long as you can. Then exhale. When you exhale, all the carbon dioxide is coming out, therefore you become more relaxed. Also, that's, that is the technical thing. Also, mindset. Where you are supposed to be, you are. So why am I here right now? Why am I in this spot right now? And in the vine sense, you could have been protected. If you kept going, you could have an accident. So you're always being protected by something. But in your mind, you might not recognize it. Why am I, why, like this. We're meeting right now. Say, wait a minute, we can make this happen today. The flexibility, turn it around, it's turning out to be well. But you need the patient to understand what's the, what's the higher message in this thing. So I'm talking about breath. I'm talking about the higher message. Because we all got something around us protecting us. You guys slow hmm. down. Yeah, you guys slow down. That that's interesting so, that you put it that way. That we have something around us that is protecting us, but we have to allow it to protect us. Yes. Sometimes it is stop. You guys stop. You have to literally stop. You know, like a kid, a kid from a a, a a kid. You know, eating too much candy. You say, wait a minute. You got to protect the kid. Otherwise, you're wrong to have a problem with the dental or metabolic diabetes or obesity energy level, so many things, but you got to protect. We have protection also. So engage your protected angels all the time, sir. Always look at that. What is the higher message? We are in the earth school. And everything we do every day is a lesson. The question, are you learning your lesson? If you don't learn your lesson, you repeat it. Mm. So once you relearn something, you graduate, it doesn't happen again. 
You graduate from situations, you graduate from institutions, you graduate from people, because the frequency has changed. You cannot go back to college now or high school now because you graduated. They say, well, so life teaches us things to help become one with our own divine self. Every day we have a lesson. Mm -hmm. Every day, Mr. Duke become a teacher. Every day, Mr. Duke become a student. Look for the lesson. What are you teaching? So you must realize your higher self is to look down at your physical best. What are you doing? Why are you so ready to read? What's going on right here? Mm -hmm. You are disrupting yourself. You're going to cause problems with your health, wherever it might be, you know, because your ego want to be, you want to get there. Yeah. That's the ego mind. So, you know, the ego is very, very competitive. Whereas the spiritual mind is creative cooperation. You don't have to compete. It's already enough for everybody. People never look at it like that. They still feel like got to compete. Who are you competing with? Your different bodies within yourself competing. You get frustrated. You get irritated. And people might get angry. Then when you get angry, they say, well, how can you calm yourself down? Some people drink. Some people do drugs. Some people do all kinds of things. Trying to calm down from the outside. But they can use their breath from inside. So I'm saying use your breath. Respect your angels that's protecting you. And we're like, why am I in such a big hurry in the first place? You know, that's and interesting so because a lot of people... As you've very well said, they just don't know how to breathe. But that yeah. always seems to be a, a, a real focal point for a lot of folks who I've had on this program. It always comes back to that. And and it's to me, that is a, a it's kind of strange to phrase it this way. That is a testament to the fact that we don't know how to breathe. That's correct. Most people, that's why I like um, Qigong is very powerful. I'm trying to you, you, you're using the primary energy, your breath. Mm. Isn't that it? Breath mm. is the only reason you and I are sitting here talking right now. Do we have gratitude for our breath? Wake up in the morning and say, bam, I have divine breath. I'm breathing. Do you really understand how powerful that is? Now, the next thing of it is, should think about, well, what about thinking? Mm -hmm. The only thing that can change this energy is your thought process. If you look around, you see a frustration, you see an anger, all of that, you send it out there. You're in a hurry. You want to comp compete with something. I got to do this, but relax. Mm. It all would be there. Yeah. You cannot, it's so much about this universe. We can't take it all. So why the hurry? Yeah. Why am I in it? You say, well, that's a good question. You have to answer that question, but realize it's all there. As long as you're moving towards it in a real genuine way, towards that goal, towards that reasoning. So when you wake up in the morning, I got divine breath. What am I thinking? Am I thinking about purification? Of my own my own bodies? Am I thinking about unification? Am I thinking about harmonization that I can harmonize with myself or your family or whoever you're dealing with, you know? You must ask that question every day you get up. What mm -hmm. is my day to move forward to my divine self? So you either go into the divine or the ego mind. You have to make up your mind which one you focus on. Because in the quantum physics, whatever you focus on will manifest. Because you thought thoughts on it. You will bring that energy to you. So every day I ask people, you are responsible for your health. You're responsible for your happiness. You're responsible for your harmony. Are you practicing H3 every day? Every day. Well, I have to breathe because I'm taking up my radiant health. That leaves my happiness. I'm in harmony. And when you're in harmony with yourself, you can harmonize with somebody else. You cannot harmonize with someone and you are in contact with yourself. It's still possible. We have these temporary relationships 
because they're on the personality. That's why the divorce rate is so high. People don't know how to harmonize. They personalize. <laughs> you can never work. You can never win because yeah. people change over, you know. So the question is, can we do this? Every day, Mr. Dugan, ask the question. I really have gratitude for my breath. Remembering think, Qualities of Your Soul is his uh, his latest work, along with, uh, I believe this is Qigong Awakens. And yeah. that's that's really what you're talking about here is is that very thing is is awakening that energy. I know that in different parts of the world and different practices, you know, we uh, we have uh, uh, these teachings that are there. I mean, I myself, because of of the books that I have read and, and my metaphysical primer autobiography of a yogi, I think about, for example, the Kundalini energy going up and down the spine, but it also does take uh, but you've got to master, so to speak, master the breath. <laughs> yes. And we all, we like to think that we all breathe. It's just that somehow, some way we have forgotten. I'm curious, um, an infant that's being born, that infant at that moment coming out of the mother's womb into our world, if you will, um, does that infant know how to breathe? Is it breathing the way it's supposed to, whether it's crying or otherwise? And then somewhere along the way, we, the world, teach it mm -hmm. how not to breathe. Yeah, they teach us to become too civilized, which is just the opposite of natural breathing. Civilized breathing is up in your chest. And when a baby comes in, naturally, they know how to breathe from the dantin, or the lower belly. That's why up to seven, has so much energy. They still breathe mm -hmm. from there. Then some kind of way you're right. After the first seven years, the soul cycle is kind of closed. Then we're going into another cycle. But yes, they breathe from the Dantin. And that's what we do in Tai Chi. We breathe from the lower Dantin. We have three Dantins. Below the navel, in the heart, and right here at the third eye. Mm. Those are three Dantins we focus on. But really most people focus on the lower Dantin because you want to bring the fire down. And, you know, fire, yeah. you know come down and the water come up. That's what you mean by meditation. Another form of meditation. That's the whole goal is to bring the fire out of your heart and bring the water up your spine. Mm. And that's what happens. We focus on the lower dantin to make sure the fire come down, come to the water. Yes. But well, yeah, that was the I was going to say, because we are a, a bit short on time for the wrap up of this interview, I, I don't want to uh, belabor you from your, from your uh, set schedule. And again, I, I, Again, I applaud you and I thank you so much for your patience. Uh, right. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to make this happen. Um, I am, I'm thinking that I would love to have you back to go, go through some of the either, whether it's Tai Chi, whether it's Qigong, it's all leading towards the same, shall we say goal, although there really isn't a goal per se, but it is mm -hmm. of a, a, achieving a balance in one's life, uh, uh, equal, uh, an equilibrium in one's life. And it doesn't mean that we become automatons and emotionless and all of those kinds of things. I would love yeah. to have you back to maybe dive into that particular area. Okay. We can do that. All right. And this time, this time when we set it up, <laughs> I will be ready. Uh, but uh, before we wrap up, um, I would like to ask you those three final questions. I ask all of my guests. Uh, and again, again, uh, our time is is uh, going by very fast. So I'll just jump right in and say uh, the first question I have for you, <clears throat> not who is Dr. Paul Hanna, 
Who is Paul Hanna? Catalyst. It's a catalyst for expansion. A catalyst for expansion. See, Mr. Dugan, in your role, no one has your thumbprint. You're a very unique man. We all are unique out of the 8 billion. No one has your thumbprint. So myself, I am a, a catalyst for expansion to the universal oneness. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Forget all titles. No MD, JDs, my mass, forget all of that. What I am, I'm breathing a catalyst. Mm-hmm. When I come in, how can I expand people to the authentic self? I'm about that. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Just a side note, my mother told each one of us six kids that we were each unique. And when we found out that she had shared that with each one of us, we we kind of looked at each other and ourselves and going, oh, okay, maybe I'm not. But the reality is she was telling the truth. She was telling she the was truth. She was telling the truth. Yes. What is your life's purpose? And again, my purpose is to remember totally the divine so I could shine and expand more. I'm here. To learn and refine and expand. That's my purpose. And that is I joyfully connect with people. I joyfully send love to people. I, I, I'm joyfully, I'm humble to learn from people. As I do, the more humble become, the more the universe put in me. I mean, I'm teaching this morning, uh, Tai Chi and Sambhava Chan. Things come very refined, how I can connect with the people that will maximize them. You can teach 20 people in the same room, but everyone learns different. A master teacher must be able to connect with the uniqueness of that individual so they can maximize the integration of their own with the movement. So that's what I would say for me. And finally, what was your best day? Today. Hmm. <laughs> I get Today. that a lot. I get that yeah. a lot. Again, I thank you so much uh, for 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 everything that that has brought this program finally to fruition, but also has opened the door for the next one that we're going to deal with uh, on this aspect, not only of the breath, but of Tai Chi, Qigong and whatever other practices that you want to bring into the mix uh, to help people. And uh, again, you've already given us one very, very valuable lesson in breathing. And uh, I'm going to put that to task because. I've got, a, as we all do, a very full plate. And uh, so, again, thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. And I thank you for joining us here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol. Jeanette, I am listening. And, Dad, be happy, because I am. <laughs>